All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Straight Shot Hill. Fuck, this is your host, Dr. Kevin. We've got a live video in here as well as the recording for the audio podcast. And our guest today is Ms. Sharna Prasad, one of my favorite individuals in the world, a fantastic clinician and an amazing specialist in pain. And so... Thank you. Well, it's true. I, I, I rave about you all the time. I think if, you know, if I had friends or family members that were... were experiencing persistent pain and they had to see anybody there's like a handful of people i would recommend without any hesitancy at all mm. and the top of the list is you thank so thank you kevin that, well, means, that means a lot because yeah. i've learned so much from you so it's kind of a that mutual respect yeah I you've gone that. taking it in ways that i couldn't even dreamed of and it's just exciting to see you everything that you've done in your practice and with the groups that you started and the programs that you've created so it's it's really cool. Especially when I was so biomechanical <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum. Well, weren't, so. weren't we all? I mean, obviously, as an interventional pain specialist, you couldn't get more biomechanical, I think, than uh, no. talking about pain generators and burning pain pathways and all the ridiculous stuff that makes me uh, a little embarrassed to even say it now that you can you know, look back and go, oh, my God, I can't believe I was so ignorant. But we all start from somewhere. That's true. So, well, and so a question came up, and it came up yesterday, and the question had to do with this whole pain science thing, and when do you introduce your patients to pain science? Um, and let's just talk about the initial visit. So when someone walks into your office and they're seeing you for pain, because you prefer and see people mostly for a diagnosis of pain, how do you start that conversation? Or, or do you start that on that first visit? So if you want me to run through the whole, um, my, my initial eval, my first thing I would do is have them sit down and say, tell me your story. Okay. And, and then I just shut up and listen for a very long time. I don't interrupt um, until I feel that, you know, there's a pause. And I still hold the pause. And then I intervene and ask a few questions here and there. But I get a good feel for where they come, what their story is. And that's very counter, though, to a lot of what we've done in clinical practice and most clinical practices because... It, there's this time pressure mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it's interesting to me because I've done a lot of work with physicians and primary care docs are like well I only have you know 10 minutes or 15 minute appointments and out of that when you're charting all this stuff it's really probably less than seven you can talk mm -hmm. um, but I've actually had physical therapists say the same thing we have no time to talk about this stuff I'm like how long are your visits 45 minutes I'm like oh my god 45 minutes but we we you know we were trying to mark our little check boxes here and so someone's, I know someone out there is listening going, oh my God, I can't listen to those stories because I'll never get what I need to get done if they just talk and talk and talk, right? Because they just want to talk and tell something. But you do that and that's your yeah. preferred method. Yeah, so absolutely. So that was me, my biomechanical world when I lived in. I had a nice checkbox and I had a sequence of asking these questions. And I would get really upset when the patient jumped ahead because then I would have to jump my cursor and write it in a different place. And um, since I have transformed, I should say, <laughs> or enlightened, I, I don't know what the word is, um, my practice has changed a whole 180 degrees turn. So for now, what I do is uh, my appointments are an hour. My first initial eval is an hour. Actually, my follow-ups are 45 minutes to an hour too. So the initial eval is I relax. I have my drink of water. I am in the mode to listen to a story. So mm -hmm. that's the first place for me. 
and then I sit down and I have my computer. I do take notes. Um, I'm, I'm not making direct contact, eye contact the whole time, but I'm listening very intently because I'm, nothing else is in my mind other than the narrative. Mm-hmm. And it's in their words. So I, I write down everything they say in whatever words they are using um, in parenthesis because those words might be something I might want to revisit later on. Yeah, and that that is interesting because um, the, the funny thing is, is if you listen more and talk less, they'll tell you everything you need the, to the know. The key contributors, the key drivers, um, not necessarily, they may not necessarily be aware of that contribution. That's really I think where the clinician's job is. But their story, I know, and I, I know you've said this because you talk about like dropping pearls in your lap, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. Is you know I had a a couple examples when I was working with residents, and they gave some case case studies. And one of them I'll never forget, because this was a patient I hadn't seen, but the narrative kept coming back to five years, like over and over. And they were, you know, you could tell they had charted and they were using some of the words. And it was five years ago, everything was fine up, up until five years ago. This happened five years ago. This happened five years ago. And, the, and so the first question I asked was, well, what happened five, five years, years ago? ago? Yeah. And everybody looked at me like it was a blank thing. Yeah. I'm like, if you were listening over and over and over, there's this moment in time that we need to return to. But you don't know what those are if you're not actively and, listening. Yes, yes. And that's that's my big thing that has changed is um, we were taught in our biomechanical world that um, listen to the mechanics of the body. Um, they're having pain with sitting. They're having pain with standing. They're having pain with bending forward, um, you know, sleeping. What are those uh, mechanical um, drivers that are causing the pain? Mm-hmm. That's all. Anything else they talk about, just let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Those are just, those are things you don't need. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And I'm going, are you kidding me? That yada, yada, yada is where all my puzzle pieces are. Mm-hmm. So that I listen to everything. And yes, I do like to use the analogy. They're dropping pearls in my lap. And I am taking those pearls and putting them in a string and putting them, putting it back on them. Creating a necklace out Creating of that. Creating a necklace out yeah. of that. No, that's so, that's so valuable. So, so obviously the listening is huge. Yes. But then how do you then incorporate that with the pain science part? Because I know people struggle with this. Mm-hmm. They're like, um, there's like two phases. One, you're nervous and you're just sort of learning it. And you're like, well, how do I talk about this stuff without people thinking I'm crazy? Other parts, you're just like, oh, I, I just need them to shut up because I want to tell them how yeah. exciting this is. Absolutely. Um, so how do you do it? So... Um, first thing was I relax, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That's the most important thing for me. I'm here to listen to their story. I'm, I'm here to evaluate them because I'm here to, my evaluation is to tell them how their body is strong and not the problems that they have. So the big, we were taught again that, mm-hmm. that to point all the negative parts about their, oh, they have weakness in their quads, their weakness in their glutes, their weakness in their pelvic floor, their weakness in wherever else, their stiffness over there, and their shortening over here, and all that whole thing we were presenting. And it was like, oh, you have this problem, this, all the problems. And now it's, wait, I have them go on the floor and get up. It's like, oh, sure? Are you sure you want me to go on the floor? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm there. So, well, you won't be able to pick me up. I said, yeah, we've got some strong guys in the gym. They'll come pick you up. Don't worry about it. Just go on the floor and see what you can do. So I put them through an assessment so that they can they know that they can do these things. And then I'll come back to some of the words they've used. Mm-hmm. 
and then I will I if I have time I will go over a simple analogy which is yours is the fire I last time I said and it takes less than a minute so what's a fire made of and they'll say blah blah you know fire uh, is made of you know fuel oxygen and heat and I was like and what happens to the fire one of them is gone and they go well the fire will die I said oh okay well here's another analogy pain has three main elements sensation emotion and thoughts and then I keep talking because I don't give them too much chance to talk I said here are the thoughts you mentioned. You said you don't want to be paralyzed like your mother. You said um, I am worried about taking care of my kids. You said these are all the thoughts you listed. This is all from my history. Some of the sensations you listed were burning, tingling, um, throbbing. Those were your sensations. What were some of the emotions that went with it? Then I pause and I let them say, and that's when I get the tears, that's when I get the frustration, that's when I hear um, how upset they are. I say, and you see how this triangle is made. And so what, what is the easiest place you feel can be reduced? And most, I mean, sometimes they can figure that out, but mm -hmm. other times I'll cue them. I say, think about these thoughts. So you believe that you're very weak. How are you weak? You just got on the floor. You just did 13 sit-to-stands in 30 seconds. How are you weak? Are you weak? Well, I'm not that bad, am I? I'm like, no, you're not. You're, you're amazing. You're coming here so strong. But this is affecting you. Doesn't mean your pain is not real. Your pain is very real. Mm -hmm. But these are the contributing factors. This is how it's being constructed. Fire is not simple. It's a complex process. You know our Oregon fires, they jump rivers, big rivers. Yeah, so I, I kind of tie it to the context, to our, you know, local environment. And these people are farmers. They are our local beings. They're hard workers. So for them to be feeling so down and that I'm not strong enough, it's giving them back their power and saying, you've got this. Now, and, and there's a there's a, a, a couple little key pieces in there that I want to kind of return back to. And one is you've listened, you have you've got those pearls, and you're kind of hearing the story. But what I like is when you you compared it, and this is obviously I'm biased about the fire triangle and the pain triangle and things. But you return it to something that they already know, mm -hmm. and then you use that analogical comparison to pain. Mm -hmm. And what what you said though, and I want people to to listen here, is then you said, well, I don't give them a chance to talk. And some people will say, well, you're, you're overwhelming the patient. But what you're doing is rather than leaving that moment in doubt, you're providing them, you're reflecting those words back to allow them to see. Mm -hmm. Because I can, you know, the, the danger when it comes to any conversation about pain is to not feel validated. Mm -hmm. and, they, and, and people have gone to so many appointments and have seen so many people and they don't feel validated. So what you're, that, that little moment of time, I just love that. It's like you're listening, 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 and you shift, and then you push. Mm -hmm. And that push is so that you reflect back those words so they know mm -hmm. that you've been listening to them. Mm -hmm. And then the other part I really like about it is that you're only filling in two aspects of the triangle, mm -hmm. and then you're letting them fill, fill the, a third. And the third part <laughs> is the meaning. Is the meaning, is which the is meaning. so huge. Yeah. You know, it's like, like oxygen to a fire. Yeah. The meaning of the sensation and yeah. the, that we give 
that is so so powerful. So the, for the longest time, I was very resistant to the fire triangle. You know, so it took me a while to get to that and say it makes perfect sense. So I mean, I am very aware of my resistances throughout this whole process, but once I got it, it was like this is my elevator pitch. If I don't have enough time, I'm going to use an analogy that everyone can relate to. I mean, I used to sit with Adrian Lau's box and um, show those cards to my patients and read what was written behind it. And I was like, it, it wasn't making sense to me that much. So I was like, wait, I'm missing pieces to it. So then I realized that that box was for me to understand pain thoroughly. So the more I understood pain, the easier it became for me to explain it to the patients in, in small doses. How do I use their language in make pivoting them? And that's all I do. Well, and that is another important thing too, because there's any any sort of therapeutic relationship, well, any relationship, right? And every relationship could either be therapeutic or destructive, mm -hmm. no matter where you are and who you're working with. If, if it family relationships, you know, friends, clinical practice relationships, um, that ability to, you have to have some comfortableness and confidence that you develop over time. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a good places, so many people are like, well, if, if it's only, if I only had to explain, if the patient just understood me, mm -hmm. well, no, you have to understand what you're talking about too. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I don't want to get too off into that because we're focusing on what the initial visit is, but it's so frustrating when we see so many clinicians that just are trying to push it off on the patient when it really is as much or more your responsibility. Yep. If you're trying to facilitate change, you have to be a good facilitator. Yeah. The only way you can be a good facilitator is to actually have an understanding of what you're talking about yeah, anyway. So. You, have, you have to be the change you wish to see. Exactly. exactly. You have to be the change you wish to see. You, If you cannot get this so thoroughly, and I, I've had multiple discussions with therapists and say, my, um, uh, I get so frustrated that the patients don't get it. And the moment I hear that term, the patients don't get it, it's not the patient. Then I know that the therapist doesn't get it because then my question is, what is it about this that you don't get? Oh, I get it. I get it completely. Says if you get it, then that Albert Einstein quote, right? Mm -hmm. If you understand something, you should be able to explain it simply. I'm paraphrasing it. You you need to be able to explain it in simple terms. So obviously, there, you know, it's like at the moment we point a finger at someone, we have three pointing at us. It's like, what are the three things I can do to make this easier on you or him? You know? Yeah. Well, another aspect of that is um, I'm begging. What is it that you can control? What what is that you don't control, right? So if you mm -hmm. want to focus on what you can control and, and not focus on what you can't control, well, you can't control whether they're going to get it all. Yeah. The only thing that you can change is you can focus on whether you are enabling and providing the information in the best possible for fashion that they can get it. Yeah. And so, you know, when you hear that, that question of, well, I'm frustrated my patient's not in getting it, I like how you flip that around because it really is, the frustration should be, I'm frustrated because I'm not, not providing the information in such a way that my patient's getting it. And then it is my responsibility. Exactly. So it's like you're talking to a two-year-old kid, right? And you're talking to them in a language that's high school and the kid is not getting it. So what are you going to tell that kid that, I don't understand why this kid is not getting this information I'm explaining. You have to come down to that language of a two-year-old and explain it in their language that they get it. Or flip it around, you can have somebody who's a 90-year-old and, and grew up in an environment where they've been told one thing 
over and over and over again and have this firm rooted identity and how you speak to them is going to be a little bit different how you communicate is going to be a little bit different and uh, in, I, I'm going to return back to that first start of listening and how important that listening is is because you're not going to know how to communicate to somebody unless you hear their story and then you can work your way in mm. if, and, and, uh, as an adjunct to their story exactly. rather yeah. than trying to rewrite it for them. Yeah, and that's, if, if there was a golden rule, that would be my golden rule to take home. The answer is in their narrative, period. I'm going to rest my case right there. <laughs> it's the language they're using, and I have a gazillion examples I can give you, but it's, it just is. And, and so the other thing to return, though, is if you, you know, pain care is very difficult, particularly in the United States, probably in the world, mm -hmm, really. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're someone who's struggling with pain, is write down your story and, and take a moment of time to actually journal it out and write it down. And, uh, you know, once you, once, you know, the, the goal is to, if you, it is obviously a little harder when you're doing it on your own, but to, if, you're, if you're understanding that there's more to then structure to pain, and then you start writing out that story and you start just looking at what the time frame is, when things started, and ask this question of what else was occurring when this began. And look again outside that physical realm, what were your relationships, what's your financial situation, what was the work environment like? You can start seeing these little pieces. Uh, and again, more challenging unless you have a good facilitator with you, but you can do it yourself. You can do that. So anyway, I. Yeah, no. You ended it. I had to add on a little bit yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely, but. absolutely. All right. Well, well, for I think this is it. I mean, it's yeah, just. End, I think that's, that's a good little complete thing. That sounds very good. All right. Well, thank you guys, everybody, for joining us today. Until next time. Thank stay well. you.